everyone. Welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is February 23rd, 2022, episode 109. My name is Sarah, and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Feeling a little sleepy. Might need a coffee after this. I'm pretty sure that's you every day at 8 p.m. Not every day. Almost every day at 8 p.m. Especially on Wednesday. Uh, Why would you be sleepy? You didn't have a late night, did you? I don't know. I fell asleep. You were definitely asleep before me. I wasn't up any later than usual. Too many TV series you're in the middle of. Too much Apex. What's what's? Too much everything. Oh, everything. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Have you finished anything this week? Any anything good? I haven't finished any, any shows, but I do have some new new movies to talk about. That's true. You do, and we watch something together. And I beat three games this week. What? I know. Well, let's start with miracles you, do happen. I'm going to talk for a while, and then you're going to talk for a while. So oh, okay. Why don't you talk about what you beat? Uh, well, nobody's going to really know two of these things. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll be quick. Uh, I beat Nausea, which I've seen described as like a wolf. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like there's aliens on a ship and you have to figure out who the aliens are. You play a role um, and there's many roles in the ship and you have to try and find the alien. Um, but as soon you figure out that you could also yourself be the alien role too. And the goal is just to find out all the information you can through doing a whole bunch of loops in the game, uh, changing roles to try and figure out more information from the other crewmates on this ship. And eventually, once you have all the information that you need, you can finish the game. Um, and it was very good. It's like a logic-based, I guess you could say. It's like a visual novel um, logic game. But it was, it was very good. I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed having to use my brain a lot. Um, so yes, that was very fun. I beat Taiga no Tatsujin Adventure 1 because I'm playing number 2 now. But it's a, it's like a drumming uh, rhythm game. Uh, I don't have the drum controller, unfortunately, but uh, it was a really cute like RPG with uh, drums. Uh, so you can like make your party uh, and they have special abilities and they have friendship levels and you level them up by doing random battles. And that was just a fun little uh, romp and uh, I'm excited to move on to two. I think there only is two. The pack only had two anyways, but they have a new Tekken Tatsujin coming out with like a subscription model for the songs, uh, which is really odd. But they have like Miku songs and anime theme songs and they had the Monster Hunter theme song in this one, which was really hard because they needed to use it for the mon- uh, a boss battle, but lastly i beat paper mario origami king that was on stream with lucas yesterday um that has been a long road i don't even know how many weeks i've been playing that game every tuesday night uh it feels like forever but i'm glad i beat it the first paper mario game i actually beat uh, and i've played most of them even including the worst one sticker star um but yeah no it it was surprisingly emotional the worst thing about that game is still the battle system um but like the story was really cute, the visuals were so cute, the writing was amazing. So I, I very much recommend that game for any Switch owner, for sure. One of the better ones. Um, but I think that's all I played and beat this week. Three games. I, I'm almost going to meet my goal for February of four games per month. So we'll see. I played it, started playing Horizon Zero Dawn again too, which uh, got me hyped after seeing all the reviews for, um, oh my gosh, Forbidden West. Yes, that's right. I keep Frozen Wilds is the expansion for the other one. Same acronym. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, I'm. And then Elden Ring reviews dropped today. Apparently, it's the best thing since sliced bread. So we'll see how that goes. I shouldn't like it, but I've been watching a lot of stuff about it. So, <laughs> but yes, that's me. I'm sorry for all talking. So, all three of those games you beat were on the Switch, right? Yeah. 
Is that like your new favorite system or something? It's just so easy. To, it's, it's always the one that I have on. I have to do a bunch of control things if I want to play the PS4. I've been playing Fortnite on PS4, to be fair. Mm-hmm. We did play Fortnite uh, a whole bunch this Family Day weekend. But I don't know. Just, it's just so easy to boop on. It's always where you last left it. I don't have to like worry about a power outage because it doesn't have that problem. Uh, so it's just it's just so easy. They're smart. Even though if there's a cross-platform game, I will always buy it on PS4 because of trophies. Uh, but if it is a game that doesn't have cross-platform, Switch is, is just so easy. It's lovely. Well, I am very happy for you beating all of those games. Yeah. Since you had a trifecta, I'll talk about my own type of trifecta. I'm mine, ready. Mine have to do with movies. Yes. So I watched three new movies over the past week. Um, one on Netflix and two in theaters. Yes. So we'll do this the way I've done when I watch three movies. We've done this before in the past when I watched three movies in a short time frame. I will rank them from worst to best. Ready. <laughs> so starting with a movie that is a bad film, I will admit, although I enjoyed it in a trashy, if you want to waste 80 minutes of your time type of a way. Um, there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre film that dropped oh, on Netflix last Friday. Yes. And it is, if anybody's ever seen a Texas Chainsaw film before, you pretty much know what to expect. The villain is Leatherface. He has a chainsaw. He will cut up a lot of people with a chainsaw. Yes. That is your movie. Get ready the for The characterization some is very thin. You hate most, I think you're intended to hate most of the characters early on in the film, um, which makes for some gory fun when, uh, when Leatherface was going nuts. Um, yeah, there's really not much to think about with this movie. It is not, again, like I said, a good film in any particular way. I mean, it's, I'll say it's well shot. Like, I have no idea who directed it, but it's competently made. Like, there's no, I have no issues with the technical aspect of the film. Um, it's the writing, some of the characterization choices. Um, but like I said, there are some fun uh, kill, kill moments for Leatherface. Uh, the ending is pretty ridiculous in a laugh out loud kind of way for me. Um, you even showed me. That's I did how show much you and how you absurd it was. It. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, it's there. It's there. Yeah, <laughs> if you have enough description, it's there. I mean, I'm not going to say go out of your way to watch it, but if you're bored one night, and you, like I said, it's like 80 minutes, it flies by. So, uh, but moving on to something that was much better. Um, I went to the theaters to see Death on the Nile. Mm. That is the film sequel to Murder on the Orient Express, which came out four years ago, I believe. It's got the same main actor, uh, Kenneth Branagh, is playing the Inspector Hercule Poirot. That's a name. Mm-hmm. It's a mouthful. I mean, these, these movies are based on Agatha Christie books. Of course, yes. They're not like original screenplays or anything, but um, yeah, and I, I recently watched Murder on the Orient Express on Disney+. Plus. That's sort of a primer for this film, like I said, the same main character. It's just, the movies are only connected in terms of the lead character. They're just murder mm. mysteries. And this one's, again, Murder on the Orient Express was also directed by Kenneth Branagh, who also directed this one. And they're really, again, well-made films. Like, uh, it starts off a little slow. I heard about that in some of the reviews, so I knew going in. It's, it's about, about a two-hour movie. And uh, the first hour is definitely pretty slow, but it's setting up. Again, you have to get to know all these characters. I think there's like a dozen characters on this. Most of the movie takes place on a boat. Mm. It's like Death on the Nile. It's on the Nile River. But, uh, yeah, so sure enough, there's a murder on the boat, and then a couple more murders follow, and you're trying to piece together who... Is it just one killer? Is it a bunch of people working together as killers? And yeah, like I said, it's really well made. I like the twists. Um, I like the ending a lot. Um, the last hour of the film was really strong. Like, really kept my attention. And good acting all around. Soundtrack is kind of forgettable for me, but like I said... Uh, I don't think that's supposed to be the main feature. Yeah, it never was in the other film yeah. either, but... 
Um, yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed my time. I got to see it, went to go see it with my mom. I think she enjoyed it too. Just a good, good way to spend a couple hours. Good murder mystery again. Not the only problem with these kind of films is not much of a uh, rewatch. To rewatch. Yeah, because yeah, once you know the twist, yeah. it's not like maybe re- if you rewatch, you're just going to watch the last hour. Because really, what's the point of watching the first hour again? There's not a lot of hidden character motivations there mm. once you know what's going on. So, but it was good. I was entertained. If I had to rank them so far, I'd say Chainsaw Massacre was like a three out of ten. Death on the Isle like a seven out of ten. Oh, so, so what's what above average? One. This one was really the definition for me of an impulse watch, an impulse yes. theater watch, no less. I very rarely go into theater films blind, and by that I mean I did not watch a trailer for this film, which is very rare for me. I only read one review, and it was a non-spoiler review. I did not look up anything else about the plot on this film, but I trust. I put a lot of faith in the opinion of one YouTube reviewer in particular. I find I, my taste tends to match up with him a lot. So when I saw that uh, popular YouTube guy, his name's Chris Stuckman, who had reviewed this film, and he specifically said that he was impressed that a film like this even got made in today's you know, Hollywood-style system of the way most films are generated nowadays, that this film not only gets a wide, wide release, but that um, he said he, he just hopes that people will actually go and support Winston Theatre so that more films like this can get made. Yep. So based on that and the fact that I knew a couple of the actors in the cast that he had mentioned, I was like, all right, you know what? It was it was a Sunday. It was like 2 o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon. I'm like, I look at the show times. Like, I'll go see like a 420 showing on a Sunday afternoon for this film. So the movie is called The Cursed. Very generic title, unfortunately. <laughs> it had a more original title. It was originally, I think it premiered at Sundance last year, like film mm-hmm. festival, and it was called Eight for Silver. Um, it's, the movie's about werewolves, so the title has something to do with like silver bullets, right? But like I said, the studio obviously decided to change it to The Curse because they probably figured that'd be a little more mainstream, maybe get some more casual viewers in to watch it. So, but the title doesn't have anything to doesn't hurt the film at all. Obviously, it's uh, it is a period piece werewolf film. I think it takes place in the late nineteenth uh, century. Um, the movie has a couple of like small time jumps like the movie starts at a certain point then it'll go back like 35 years to an earlier scene obviously and then towards the end of the film it sort of like comes back towards the present right so there's a little bit of time jumping going around but it's easy to follow it's not confusing the the plot is fairly straightforward like i said i I, i'm not gonna give any spoilers here because i really do want people to go into this blind like i would say don't even watch the trailer because i watched the trailer after i saw the film and realized how to watch it beforehand would have spoiled a lot of cool shots in the film Mm. a lot of Mm -hmm. of suspense right it's a, I guess you can call it a thriller slash horror film, but there's not a lot of like jump scares. It's not super gory. There's some pretty. I mean, it is a werewolf film. There's a couple good kills. Like the special effects are really good for what's I would call it like a mid-budget film. I don't think the actual budget was listed on Wikipedia anywhere, but if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably somewhere between twenty to thirty mil. Um, but really well. Like the thing that impressed me too is it's written, written and directed by the same guy. His name is Sean Ellis. But he was also the cinematographer. I think it's pretty wow. rare to have a writer, director, and cinematographer all be the same person, unless it's like a super indie, like a you know, like a or a control freak. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but this guy's made other films before. This isn't his first film. He he had an Oscar-nominated short film some years mm-hmm. ago. He did a film in I think 2016 that was well received, uh, like a World War II type film, and uh, yeah, and then this one now. So, like I said, I came out of the theater super impressed. Um, I don't think there's only like four people in my theater showing on a Sunday afternoon, but. Again, I don't think there's a lot of word of mouth about this movie, but I do hope people check it out. Uh, seriously, it, it's, it is in theaters right now, at least where we, where we live in this part of Canada. But yeah, it's called The Cursed. Period piece werewolf film with some great... The movie 
got a great pacing, just breezes by in just under two hours, I think. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I would give it like a 9 out of 10. I want to hear about your movie-going experience, because that changed a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. So, for the last, I don't know, however many years, feels like it's been forever, I primarily always go to the Cineplex Theater that's at the Niagara Falls, close to where we live. Um, with the odd occasion, I might have to go to Hamilton to go see, like, an IMAX showing. Mm. They don't have the IMAX ones down here, but... You're right. For the last two films I mentioned, Death on the Island and The Cursed, I actually went to the... Um, um, there's a smaller theater near where we live called uh, Landmark. It's owned by Landmark Cinemas. Uh, I'm not sure if they have like a U.S. chain or if it's just a Canadian thing, but uh, but yeah. So I, I used to go to that theater when I was younger. Um, it's a, like where a lot where a lot of teenagers go because it's in a, it's, like, it's in a mall and it's close to like universities and some other high schools in that area. So it's not, not a lot of teenage demographic around there. Um, but like I said, I've always just preferred Cineplex for either for scene points or other things. But anyway, so went to see Death on the Nile with my mom there and because uh, she actually recommended that we go there to see it she heard that they had renovated the theater so we got in to the theater and I was super first off I was shocked but then very impressed because I, I walk into a theater into the theater and it wasn't like theater one like it wasn't the biggest screen mm. it was like theater number five out of nine or something so it's like a smaller theater uh, but I think there was only like 30 seats in there I didn't actually count but when I was looking at the seat chart I think I would have guessed probably about 30 seats and the reason for that is because they I completely gutted all they took out all the seats and all the rows and everything and they put in all new like leather recliners and like they would have like separate like standalone like like one seaters for solo viewers but they'd also have like like basically like couches like connected and they would, they would have like little buttons so the footrest comes up on mm-hmm. the beautiful like big cup holders uh, like built into the seats and I'm like wow these are like even when I put the legs up and I still had like two feet of legroom in front of me like it was crazy and the, the screen was great the sound was great I was super impressed so you go there more often now? I think I would. Yeah. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want to talk about the movie we watched together? Sure. We can briefly talk about it. Because like I said, I have talked about it in the past. I just kind of want to get yeah. maybe your brief impressions on it. But cause I know we probably didn't watch it the intended way. Like we didn't watch it all the way through no. one viewing. But again, it is almost a three hour film and we kind of broke it up for other it reasons. It makes sense. You've talked about it before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So We watched The Last Duel. Right. Uh, because you wanted to show it to me and I was interested in the style where it is a story with three main characters but it's told the same story is told three times mm-hmm. um, so Tyler loves this movie and thinks it was very much snubbed at the Oscars mm-hmm. um, I would not agree as when per usual this is what yeah. this is opposites react oh. yep. um, I <sighs> my biggest gripe with the movie is that it's the most interesting part of the movie which would be how the story is told. Because you watch um, Matt Damon's character first, and you're watching, and you're like, oh, this this is the story. This is obviously truth. But then you go to the the villain side of the story, you could say, mm-hmm. and he's telling the story differently, like portraying Matt Damon's character differently, mm-hmm. and he's portraying himself more pompous and awesome. And you're like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't know which one of these is real. Um... And then you get to the female. I don't remember any. Marguerite. Lady Marguerite. Uh, You get to her story. And hers also portrays both the previous two characters differently. And you're like, which of... It's kind of like the Mr. Robot problem where I don't know what's real. Like, you... I guess people would consider since she's last and she, like, has, I think, the biggest storyline that hers is right but i think maybe there is i think there's truth in the middle of all of this that we're not told 
uh, and I didn't I didn't like that um, and I, I didn't find it as like I didn't feel for her um, when all of the bad things happened to her specifically I just because of all the storytelling before then Matt Damon thought he was the sweetest thing ever to her and the other guy the villain loved her and then when it comes to her she's like oh they're bad and it's like but I, I thought these people liked you so now uh, I don't know how to feel about you are you lying about all this because of the talk she had with the doctor like it's made to believe that she's lying to him I think the way she talks so I think there's I think there's lies in all of their stories and it bothers me so that's that's really what I had to say about the movie I did not love it as much as Tyler's nobody shocked there we go well I'm so glad you watched it at least thanks um so we have an email we do guess it's, who it's actually well we haven't heard from him for a while so that's it's true from, it's from that's Jordan true. uh based on it's a response to last week's episode number 108 where we talked about uh what movies that shouldn't be remade or either movies that should or shouldn't be remade right or recast i should say like yeah that was part one of our topics yes so jordan says hello sarah and tyler there are certain classics that shouldn't be messed with or ever redone he says, I feel like I brought this up before, but a good example of an awful remake is Steve Martin in The Pink Panther. <laughs> I agree. He says, I love Steve Martin, but he didn't do Peter Sellers justice. Again, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, he also says, he says, this also happens with music. For example, the song Gold Digger by Ray Charles ended up being sampled in a Kanye song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happens so often to me. Yeah. Like, but the problem is that I don't know it has an older version so i just figure that somebody like the older version is somebody covering the newer version i figure it's in the opposite order so then i feel real bad <laughs> yep uh, great examples thank you jordan he's, and he says thanks for all you do we appreciate the email thank, thank you kindly for taking the kind of time to write in so I, I'll, I'll mention one more brief thing before we go into our main topic for today um i feel like i'll feel remiss if i don't mention it so over the past week there has been a i think i mentioned this last week there's been a tech test Oh, of course. It'll be the show 22. Yes. Which is, I believe, due to come out April... Is it April 1st? I yeah. It well, it's April 1st for the people that bought the, by the MVP okay. edition. The normal edition comes out the 4th. Right. So, for the past week, and then actually it ends today, or by the time you guys listen to this, it'll already be over, I guess. But, um, yeah, the tech test is ending. Um, so, essentially a beta, so that the studio can take some samples from, you know, any server issues they noticed. I think the main thing they were hoping people would interact with, and what I believe from my impressions of watching most people on Twitch and, and reading on Reddit, a lot of people have really been, have been into the co-op mode. That is the one new thing this year that a lot of people are curious about. So I hope that the information they take from this tech test, that the studio can use that to uh, update or improve that system over the coming year. Because um, there are some little hitches in there. Um, and again, this isn't necessarily a completely finished product. I'm sure the game is still being tweaked up to release, but I think the call potential is there. Like there's a 2v2 and a 3v3 mode. So yesterday, for example, I played with Daniel, one of our other long-time <laughs> listeners. Him and I got on and did a couple of co-op games. And the, like I said, the format is fun because when you're batting, you're just taking turns, alternating at bats. Mm -hmm. And when you're playing or when you're pitching, I should say, one person is the pitcher and the other team just takes care of the defense. Mm. And you again, you flip flop that every inning. So yeah, it lets you, like I said, feel like one one player isn't just dominating the action. You can all contribute. Um, that being said, Dan and I were both very terrible last night. <laughs> um, I was yeah very shocked at how bad I was. Maybe I'm just rusty or. Do they give you like set cards to use too? You're just using like 
No, it's like it's not even like it's not like a diamond. In this case, again, probably because of the tech test, you're just literally choosing like a play for CPU roster. Like oh, team like you just pick a team. You can rearrange the lineups if you want, but you're essentially just going in with the base roster. So like both times we played, we matched up against the Jays, for example. We were playing against players mm. from the Jays team who were using. I think we used uh, Cleveland in one case and um, uh, Cincinnati in the case. But anyways, um, but it was fun. Like I said, uh, I, I don't know. I. I thought it was weird. Dan made a good uh, a good point when we were so when we're watching each other bat, you can see like we both see each other's same strike field. We can see each other's PCI and where we're swinging, where we're aiming. Even where, if you have different modes, well, you can have different strike. You can ha- each player can have a different um, camera view if they want. Okay, but we both stuck with the same one for okay. just to make it easier. But um, yeah, but it's interesting. So we can watch each other's at bats perfectly. But when it comes to pitching. So, for example, like when he's pitching, I'm playing defense. I still get the view behind the pitcher, but I don't get to see, like, I don't see the the motion he's making to throw the pitch. You know what I mean? Oh. I can see where he where he's aiming it, but it doesn't show me the circle, like the motion of the pitch. Okay. Which is interesting because, like I said, he he and he's still new to pinpoint. Like he hasn't. Oh, you're starting him on pinpoint. Why? Well, I, I didn't say he had to. I told him he could use the analog or something, but he wants to get better at pinpoint. The only way to do that is to mm-hmm. you know through practice. So fire. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Beat to the fire. I just wish I could see what his what his motions were like, so I could try and help him out. I'm gonna have to mm. go over to his house and watch him play first <laughs> time to help him out. But I mean, yeah, he got, he got the hang of it as it went on. And uh, yeah, you weren't great at it first off. No, off no, off my first about anyways. Couple weeks playing, I'll be 21. I was terrible at pinpoint, yep. so I watched some tutorials and got the hang of it. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I don't know if that's just again if that's a tech test thing or if that's the intention of the developer to not let you watch your friends pitch, which I don't understand why. It could be probably, a, a um, what is the word? limitation yeah could be i really wish this mode was more like the nhl one though where like everybody had a position like yeah, it'd, be, it'd be boring if you're just playing right field and no one hits a ball you wouldn't just gonna stand out there all day i like, don't know be, no I, I think it's good the way it is i don't think they need to expand it beyond the 3v3 format but i don't like like what if you're bringing your teams together and you have specific people you're good with but you don't end up with playing as those players like it's batting like you're good yeah. with specific players and you're terrible with other ones. Why take the risk of you being somebody you're a lot good with? That's how you get better. You use other cards. No, don't even. You would never use these cards. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm glad you played a couple of games. The games flew by. Like they're only, in this uh, format, they're only six inning games. I'm sure they'll mm. have nine inning games once the actual game launches. But in this case, it was just six innings for the tech test. So, But the games really flew by because we weren't, we weren't hitting very well. We scored one run in the first <laughs> game and we got shut out in the second game. Um, Did it convince him to buy it though? I don't think so. I think he's oh, gonna, well, he's gonna probably gonna hold out for a sale. Like, oh, that's like usually All Star break, mid season <laughs> yeah. sale usually. Yeah, so we'll see. But I'm glad we got to play it. So, but now that I'm glad I'm done talking, because now Sarah gets to do most of the talking. I don't know why. Today's topic is about gaming, since we are following our format of alternating topics. So we are talking about games tonight. So I'm gonna let Sarah talk here because we're gonna talk about a series of games that she is very familiar with, and I am not. So I have very little input to say on this. Then why would you make it a topic? For you to talk. <laughs> oh, no. So, I want you, and I'm looking at the clock on my phone, I want you to try in the next four, we'll call it four minutes. Four minutes? Three minutes. Oh, three it, less. Minutes. Oh, my gosh. Less. What is it? What in the next three minutes, I want you to sum up in layman's terms how you would try and sell somebody on playing an Atelier game. <gasps> Atelier. To say the most recent one. There is a new one coming out, which is why I chose this. Uh, I, okay, Rise of 2 would be the most recent, I guess. I played Rise of 1 recently. I haven't I haven't got very far in Rise of 2. Okay, so, okay, Atelier. Atelier is a game where it is a beautiful melding between 
um, uh, turn-based battles. I think they've actually moved to action in some of them. Either way, turn-based battles and crafting. So you go out into a section of the world and you pick up a whole bunch of ingredients. You battle some monsters to get ingredients off of them to raise either your adventurer level by battling or crafting level by picking up stuff and bringing it back and mixing it in your pot. Tyler's laughing at me already. Um, a cauldron. I should say cauldron. And there's a mini game of how well your stuff turns out in the end. I guess your quali- quanti- quality. The quality of your item uh, has a mini game attached to it. Uh, and you can make equipment that way. You can make bombs that way. Uh, you can make armor that way. Uh, but it is such just a cute game, usually about friendship. Sometimes they have more story than that. Like Totori, one of the best ones is just about a girl finding her sister. Where Rise is about like finding out what these, what her island's about. Why is she here? And uh, it's like a, a growing up as a teenager, feeling lost, wanting to adventure and wondering why she's stuck. Um, but they are just a great party game. You go find your characters. It is just so fun to go into a dungeon, get some crafting stuff. You come back and you beat the mini game, little mini game, and you get like better armor and you go back and you kick the crap out of the boss. Beautiful feeling. Love it. Art style is great too. And the music is a banger. All the music is just so good. You can listen to it by itself. And it's like the best background music for your life. They're great. Why don't you play them? What is the new one that's coming out in a couple of days? Sophie 2. Right. I love Sophie 1. Sophie 1 is one of my favorite. Shally is my favorite favorite, uh, but nobody likes Shally for some reason. I'm not quite sure why. <laughs> what would your least favorite be? Uh, Rorona, the original. Only because they've built on the systems. They used to... They One thing I, did, I skipped over. They used to have a time limit mechanic where you had to beat... You had to be able to craft 12... Um, very specific items within a three year time span in game terms Uh, and you had like three months to do each of these items each I'm explaining this very terribly but they got they went away from that recently I think the past four games haven't had the time mechanic which purists hate uh, but I like because it's much less stressful because you could you could be so under leveled for the final boss that you have to restart the whole game over kind of thing and that is horrible. I also hated the ending of uh, Ferris because that had a quiz. And the quiz went too fast for me to read. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to get Tyler to help me with the quiz. Um, that was it. Yeah, that was not my favorite ending. Um, but yeah, I think they've gotten better over the years. Um, they've, it kind of has become a yearly franchise for better or worse. Um, but I think they have it's one series that I could say has consistently gotten better with every entry except for Ferris which was horrible but otherwise every every game I'm pretty sure has been better than the last do these games all have voice acting? they that's one thing that makes me angry they used to have it but they got rid of it within the past like five games that sounds like a lot but they used to have it and I just saw a tweet today that said that they'll bring English voice acting back if enough people like say they want it it's like yeah okay sure but so it's a lot of reading but it's worth it they're, just, they're not super story intensive it's it's much more about gathering and making better equipment are they are they usually full price games on release or is it uh, for some reason digital yes physical usually $10 less I don't know why and they 
are now on Switch usually, which makes people happy. Um, but yeah, I I love any game with crafting. Uh, I am there, which is a problem. When I looked up the like, basically went to like a Wikipedia entry of all the games in the series earlier today. I I noticed that it, it did sort of the series kind of started in the PS2 generation, I believe. Uh, yeah, Iris, the three Iris Until games. Iris, but that gameplay is different than how the PS3. Games yes, I have them. I haven't actually played them. But I do know it's different. Okay. I tell you, Annie, I also believe is very different it's on the DS. Yeah, I was going to ask you how different the DS ones were as well from the PS3 or PS4 versions. So. They're just less involved. Okay. So I wrote down a list of... What is it here? One, two, three, four, five, six. I have ten. I have t- the top ten ranked Atelier games by Metacritic score. Oh, I know which one is not going to be up there. Okay. So I want you to, do you want to try and guess... We'll start. Do you want to try and guess with the best or the worst to start? Or Can I guess the top three? You want to try? Sure, you can guess the top three. Go ahead. Uh, or okay right. yeah. uh, I'm gonna guess Totori no oh, no mm-hmm. uh, Rise of 2 yes and uh, Sophie nope really Rise of 2 was number one so that's yeah, that was the newest one which yeah. I'm not surprised now also you can explain to me too what is the big difference between like the oh is it Lulua no, I was going to say, there's like, there's the regular, some of the regular Atelier's and there's like Atelier Plus. Oh, yeah. Plus is like the version where they add the DLC and the extra costumes and That's stuff. That's it is? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's usually not storied. I think one of them has like an extra dungeon or something. It's not very special. So if we're going to go best to worst here. Um, like worst has got to be Ferris. Uh, second worst. There's a worse one than Ferris? Yeah. It's like Memoru or something. Memoru. Memoru. Yes, Memoru. Yeah, that one's not. I, I couldn't yeah, get very most, far. Most of them are very close together. In Metacritic score, the Assassin and Baruru being the only one that's like under a 70. But it, Rise of 2 got an 81. Wow. Uh, then Verona got an 80. Yeah, that was. Which version? Plus. Yeah, because that one basically I took. I think regular the, Verona might have been like a 74. Yeah. Plus was higher. Yeah. yeah. Original Verona had some stuff that needed to be changed. Okay, so after Verona was Esha and Logi. People love that one. That was 79. People love it. Also at 79 was Totori. Totori, Totori is so Totori, good. It's just so pure. 78 is Shally. Yep. I Se- love Shally. 76, Aisha. Aisha is okay. Yep. 75, Sophie. Yep. 74, L- Liddy and Sue. Yeah, that's the twins. Yeah, that's, who I can, that's where the Japanese dub started. Mm. Uh, another 74 for Fierce. <sighs> and then 66 for Maruru. Yeah, Ferris was when they started uh, trying open world. And then they took that away. <laughs> I think when I briefly looked at the uh, topic, like the new thread today for, what is it, Sophie 2, you said? It's coming Sophie 2 is coming out. Sophie yeah. coming out. I think I read one of the comments that it's going back to turn-based. Good. Yeah. Yeah, because I know the newer ones got rid of that. I, I should have said Nielke, um was probably the worst rated, actually. It's just a spinoff. Oh, maybe I didn't see that one on the Yeah, that was, that was a poo-poo. But I, I prefer the turn-based rather than the action... Um, I don't know. I'm just that's just my style, anyways. And which when you said this earlier, and I missed it, I apologize. But who did you say is your who is your favorite protagonist of the series? Shally. But the problem with Shally is that it's actually two girls named Shally. So there's two storylines in that one. But they're so cute. These protagonists are just so pure and so lovely that you just want to hug them, <laughs> and you just want to be their buddy and go through the adventure with them. But what is the thing that changed with Riza? Riza is thick. So maybe the character's a little more sexualized. Yes, she wears sh- little short shorts that show off her nice booty, and um, yeah, she. Well, that also there has been a character too that also 
uh, you could say it has oversized chest in that one too. That's when it became more sexualized for sure. The fan service was on, it was are, on are full blast. Are these rated teen? Oh yes, they're all rated teen. Yeah. Oh, have you? Um, do you have any platinum trophies? I do. I have it for. I remember it very specifically. Do you want my story? Sure. Okay. So, I loved uh, Rorona so much, and I tried to platinum Rorona, and I missed one trophy. And I had to have to replay the whole game for it. And I was like, no, I'm going to move on. So I went to Tutori. And there was an, a wonderful guide on game facts for Tutori. And um, I followed it. And I was I was very close to beating the game. And this was when I was like nine months pregnant. So uh, I was, I remember so specifically just sitting upstairs. And I'm, I'm just doing like the last few things I need to platinum the game. And then the cat gets stuck in the back of the TV. And she was like stuck. Same cat you're holding right now. Yes, Momo. <laughs> Molly was stuck like in between like the vents, like where the air would come out, yeah, like yeah. the heat. She was stuck in there. And me, I was not the size to be able to get around the TV and take her out. And I'm like, am I going to be electrocuted for touching this cat? Like, is this where, this is this the end? Um, so after like 10 minutes of wrestling her out of the TV, I platinum the game that day. <laughs> that's your memory. That is my memory. Uh... And that's the last one I did because I don't, I, I, I have tried because there, these kind of games have multiple endings um, and you'll miss characters. You have to make sure that you do the right things in the right order. There are so many missable things. So you would need a guide to do any of the 100%. And I haven't found a very good guide for the rest of them. I don't know if they exist now because it's been a couple years since some of them released that I would be interested in going back to. But most of them I play at launch now um so unless they're like so amazing that i would like to go back like ferris i don't want to go back to but otherwise some of the other ones i would replay and try to get 100 percent just because they're so fun and good did you play any of them on the vita no i know ferris was on the vita but i heard that version was hot garbage is there any of the ps3 versions that you wish one day might get like a remaster or reboot or something they all have they've all been re-released they all have been re-released on the ps4 okay like with their not plus versions but dx mm. versions <laughs> so even though i bought them all on vita i think i bought the release on vita so if, so if someone based on your description of the series so far tonight if, if someone is intrigued would you recommend a certain game as a starting point for them to jump into hmm. i would say uh riza i think riza is the most beginner friendly uh it's not too hard except for the final boss i think cheats and i put it down to easy um, but otherwise, I think it is just a good, one of the better stories out of all of them. Not saying that any of them are bad, but it's more like, not even grounded. It's just a very interesting story. And it has a sequel that uh, I've heard is so much better. And I just haven't gotten to it yet. It came out last year. Um, but apparently it just takes the story and the gameplay to the next level. And I'm very excited to get to it. But Ryza is a great starting place. If you like, It's such a good chill game. You just go around and pick up stuff on the days that you don't feel like doing anything and then on days you feel like battling stuff and getting to the next area go right ahead nobody's stopping you it's just it's just chill a few of these games have been released on switch right the Atelier? yes a couple like not the last four or five have yes okay um so like based on your description it sounds like it'd be a fun thing to just like play in bed like undocked oh for sure i'm sure that's what most people do yeah like 
yeah I, sometimes you just don't want to battle or you need to collect stuff to make like super explosive bombs rather than the crappy ones that you can make from the starting area so you'll have to go craft them yourself and put and then there's like duplication mechanics that you have to unlock and stuff like that so there's always something to move forward in no matter what mood you're in so if you just want to lay in bed and collect stuff cool that's great if you want to find out your best friend and their story and move that along that's cool too how could you not want to play these games they're just so wholesome i mean you make it sound appealing um but you know me i mean am i really gonna see one of these through to the end probably not so no because you don't like cute things (laughs) and you don't finish stuff like guardians of galaxy anyways yeah yeah um well Thank you for sharing your thoughts on i know you love the series very much yes i'm i'm excited for sophie too i haven't pre-ordered it yet comes out like two days isn't it <laughs> is it this week i thought it was next week I thought it was the 20th. <gasps> pretty sure the <sighs> ot i read earlier is that it was the 25th because these games are really cool where they they all come in trilogies so sophie was the first of her trilogy so she ended up in the other two games after it and they're very good at bringing back characters so i'm very excited to see where sophie and plocta's story goes and now i'm very sad shoot is it really two days you sure i'm pretty sure this is like a worldwide release too i don't even think it's been out in japan yet because monarch came out this week i didn't buy that elder ring comes out this friday so that'd be a really bad day for sophie to come out horizon came out last week didn't get that oh you can't be serious yeah, that's terrible that's terrible on switch pc and ps4 that's horrible <laughs> well whatever i can dream all right well let's wrap this up here um for the uh i guess well you did most of the talk tonight what do you want the email topic to be about do you have a game where you just use to chill like these are my atelier is my chill game like i just love uh, any game that has uh, where i can go out and just gather things and f- and know that it is still making progress gathering things for the future even if i'm not in a, a fighting mood that day do you have a kind of game where you just chill it could be a mobile game or it could be a ps4 or switch game or whatever but do you have those games that you just you just chill with i would really like to know at when opposites react at gmail.com <laughs> tyler doesn't have a chill game every game he plays is angry maybe animal crossing unless filbert wants to leave and you get very angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> you're right there's not many games i play that are chill well i mean i don't the forza games like, but you'd barely play the last one because you like getting angry <laughs> i like getting angry well <laughs> you play the games more that make you angry than you don't prove me wrong well thank you sarah for sharing your thoughts tonight it's really nice to hear you thank you for so letting me talk about atelier i'm sure it wasn't very um informative because nobody's gonna like atelier except me i know i know it's a very niche series but i wish more people would play it if you convinced just one person tonight to play it'll be a success yeah or just that somebody has heard of the series Mm -hmm. because it's such a it's just such a small thing that it's it is slowly growing they finally reached like a million sales on one of their games recently so it's like it is moving on up in the world so please acknowledge these games just know they exist and if somebody's looking for a great, cute, wholesome adventure, you know what to tell them. <laughs> oh, you're cute. <laughs> I'm so sad it comes on Friday. <laughs> that was such terrible news. <laughs> oh. Well, um, 
I hope everybody who's listening enjoyed the show tonight. Um, thank you all for listening. And uh, please send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And we always thank you for your support. And uh, we'll be back same time next week. Boys. Bye. Bye.